Where have all the hours gone? One hell of a summer, you know? I've got my feet up on the coffee table. How about you? Is this thing on? This is Big Green. Indeed, here we are for our August episode. Um, you may be wondering what happened to our July episode. Well, that's a long story, and we'll get to it a little bit later. But uh, what we have for you this month, <laughs> or this part of the summer, I should say, August, is a new episode of Ned Trek, featuring no less than six new Big Green songs. Apropos of Ned Trek, you will hear them this episode. Stay tuned. We'll also have a little conversation with Matt and his kazoo. So stick with us. Find it to come. Hello. This is Lee Majors. Last week on Ned Trek, the crew of the Free Enterprise had to grapple with Captain Romney's morbidly obese southern doppelganger. The fat Captain Colonel had some great conservative ideas, but his insatiable appetite for southern cuisine transformed him into some kind of Yankee-hating blimposaurus. Everybody almost died, but then the show had to end, and the whole situation kind of got resolved. Surely that episode will stand out as one of the truly amazing science fiction masterpieces of our age. Now stay tuned for something nearly as inspiring. Coming up now on most of these here channels. Hell! Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length. Um, until we're canceled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities. Exploitable alien workforces to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. Got it? Oh, damn it all! What the hell's the matter with this son of a bitch? Come on, you bastard! What a piece of junk! Oh. Shit! Oh, that's got it. No, no, no! Damn this son of a bitch! <laughs> You're really swearing up a storm in here, Mr. President! I think you're steaming up the portside scanners. If Mr. Stephanie H. over here were more of an actor, I think he'd be blushing by now. 
Look at him, though. He's not showing any emotion at all. You know, I think he might make a good convert to my own Mormon faith. What about it, Stephanie? How about putting the U in Utah? <laughs> what are you working on, Mr. Nixon? It looks like a tall headed avant-garde coat rack, or a 1960s-era governor of Maryland or something. And couldn't you be doing this in your own quarters? I mean, you've got this entire rec room jammed up with electronic gear and mannequin pieces. It looks like the aftermath of a terrible android massacre. Of course, one which I would have been in full support of. No, it's not that. I never would order up something like that. Well, unless those robots were messing about in Southeast Asia and were bent on setting up some kind of state that wasn't properly subservient. But no, robots would never do that. Theirs is to obey. This is the Spiro T. Agnew android that I've been trying to get ready in time for that big talent show on the planet Talentless 2. <laughs> well, it looks like you've got enough parts lying around here for a whole army of Agnews. And I'm only making one, don't you know? All these extra parts represent mistakes and false starts. This son-of-a-bitch thing couldn't be easy, could it? It reminds me of the easy-bake oven that we got for Trisha on her 10th birthday. Or maybe she was turning 25. I can't tell. I don't relate well to children. Anyhow, I was trying to put the bastard thing together for about three hours. The stupid thing didn't work. I ended up giving the kid a three-hour lesson in sailor curse words instead. I think she appreciated it. Hey, you know, if you show up at the talent show with an army of Agnews, you might just get an honorable mention. I know that you would if I were judging it. Hey, maybe I ought to pull a few strings. Oh, don't touch any strings. I need those for his vocal cords. And don't touch that wad of yellow foam insulation. That's meant to be his Garfunkel hair. This is going to be a singing Agnew. We're going to do a duet for the big show. It'll be like old times, except we'll be singing together this time. That is, instead of him singing alone and then being sent to the big house. But that one over there looks nearly finished. I mean, you've already put his head on. All he's missing is a suit. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. Did the real Agnew's ass really look that bad? <laughs> yes, indeed. I think that if Mr. Stephanie H. were more of an actor, he'd be blushing again right about now. <laughs> I was nearly finished with that one. I was in the programming phase. And then, wouldn't you know, he went and accepted a bribe from that toaster over there. Are you sure that he wasn't just making some toast? That would have been okay. Except he did it in front of a coffee maker. Anyway, it doesn't matter anymore. I'm just about finished with this new one. I'll call him the Spiro T. He has interchangeable parts. If you can ever find the son of a bitch things. Son of a bitch. Captain Romney, we're approaching the Stew and Derodusian system. Willard, the weatherman at Starfleet, which are incidentally the closest thing to scientists that they allow on the payroll, have determined that the fifth planet in the system has lately been exhibiting some distressing signals. Well, that's kind of ambiguous. Do you mean distress signals? It must be that. I mean, Starfleet has confused us with that fire brigade before. I think that our registration number is just one digit off from that U.S. Smoky Foots, which is a fire ship. Captain Willard, we're in scanning range now. I don't believe it. All of them? It's not possible. <laughs> What's up, Ned? Were the inhabitants killed by a plague or something? Do I have to pull my most concerned face? Just lately I've been working on quivering my upper lip. Hey, I believe that they were all killed by a new secret weapon. Yes, I think that I'll be lobbying for that to be the answer. 
Or at the very least, for there to be enough circumstantial evidence for us to make a plausible case for retribution. Retribution? On who, Pearl? Why, whoever's on top of our enemies list for the week. Since when does that matter? That would be Dinosaur. By attacking me, he did nothing less than plot against the very fabric of American society. Since the president is the living representation of that ideal. Wow, outstanding. I never knew that you were attacked by a dinosaur. I think that's another thing about your presidency that we may want to put back into the history books. I mean, right now there's not much in there other than the China thing and some advertising. Captain, all the inhabitants of Stewanderone Deuce 5 have health care. Every one of them. <laughs> but there are billions of inhabitants there. <laughs> all covered? How could that have happened? Could it be a sensor malfunction, Mr. Ned? Negative, Willard. This little blue light on my plastic console is flashing at its usual fixed interval, so there could be no mistake. Perhaps it's a new weapon that the Abomulans are trying out. They may have flooded this system with Kamukian waves and induced the inhabitants of this system to start acting in their own self-interest. Of course, thankfully, those kinds of waves have been forever banned by the Confederation. Pearl, if the Abomulans did it, then it would have left half the people uncovered still. They also would have started with something a Confederate design and a reflexive attempt to placate their unplacatable political adversaries. Even though that never works. Then who could have done this? <laughs> and what could possibly have been their motive? Maybe some shape-shifting opportunistic parasite of a politician is trying to ingratiate himself to a reliably liberal electorate in order to remain in office and to use it as a launching off point for future political conquests. <sighs> <laughs> what an exciting idea! But could it work? No! I wonder if the taxians could have had anything to do with this. I recall that they were all for communistic universal health coverage. Ooh. Maybe they found a way to export their despicable empathetic belief system. Pearl, you idiot! The taxians never developed space travel! They would have had to travel halfway across the galaxy. How? By jumping a freight train. These are depressing days indeed. Perhaps even rivaling the final days. In light of that, the first number that me and Sparrow T are going to do will be a bright little number called January. It should cheer everyone up, I think. You know, lift yourselves up out of yourselves. Like what the drink does for me. Let's get up to tempo. Are you listening, Agnew? This will be a good test for him, his ability to hold a tune and to function within normal musical parameters. <clears throat> the plumbers weren't available for this gig, so I had to get the carpenters instead. January, everything is dead or beneath the snow. Everything we've been to each other America never wanted me to go February Everything is still dead or under snow I had a great healthcare proposal as good as Teddy Kennedy's, you know. 
There's just no end to your talent, is there, Mr. President, sir? 
No, there's an end to it. It's just such a long way back that it's impossible to see anymore. Um, yeah, that was, um, great. Um, Captain, shouldn't we go up to the bridge set and start carrying out General Order 5? You know, begin to calibrate our response to these billions of freshly entitled Duchians. Yes, of course. <laughs> sure thing. Starfleet is General Order 5. Let's go up to the bridge and prepare to implement it. I see. Pardon me for making like a porpoise-sized pothole in a Confederate parade route, but which one of those orders is General Order 5? Well, um, it's most likely to be found in the Starfleet technical manual. I presume it comes right after General Order 4, but technically still preceding General Order 6. <laughs> I say, why I thank you, sir, for clearing the fog out of the foggy bottoms which constitute our hallowed Confederate military code. <laughs> think nothing of it, Doc. Just remember to put your gratitude for me in the form of a well-timed endorsement. Jesus, Willard, took you long enough to get up here. What, did you get lost or see something shiny in the turbo lift? Nope. I was in a conference call along with some execs at Bain regarding the acquisition of some recently repossessed planets. The banking arm of Bain handled the foreclosures, and now it's going to toss it over to our real estate arm, which will in turn sell it back to those same foreclosees after recommending them for mortgage loans that they can never afford. See, the Confederation guarantees those loans, even after they've gone through the old salad shooter. But that's what they say, isn't it? It's all in the salad. Well, and I don't know what you're talking about as usual. But what's all this about pulling a General Order 5 on the Dushans? You didn't really want to go through with that, did you? Um, <laughs> Well, sure he doesn't. Why ever not? Those aliens have defied the Confederation and Starfleet. No doubt the government down there is being manipulated by the frivolous wants and needs of the population. Obviously, they hadn't adopted the Confederate model legislation that strictly limits voting. The final result speaks for itself. Socialism. Endless entitlements. Welfare. Probably even free lunches for impoverished school children. Something that the kids don't even really want. No, those kids would much rather have bag lunches given to them by parents who cared enough to be successful entrepreneurs instead of, let's face it, failures. They'd much prefer to have some General Order 5 for lunch. <laughs> you know, we used to send our boys to school in the east wing of stately Romney Mansion. They were able to order our kitchen staff to prepare whatever they wanted for their lunch, all for free but we still made sure that we never sent them off without paper bags full of cash. That built character and at the same time showed that we cared about their future abilities to order up even more complicated meals once they were older. And Mr. Sulu, prepare to implement that General Order 5 thing. But Captain Robbie, General Order 5 would be extremely difficult to carry out under these conditions. For one thing, you need a moon in close proximity to the planet, and the moon has to have active volcanism. You also need a full orchestra with a Zernithian percussion section and 76 trombones. Well, that does it right there. Active duty ships don't usually carry a trombone section with more than 65 players. We could bust down a few trumpet players and stretch out their horns a bit, but they may see that as a reprimand. Anyhow, I don't think that we wanted to pull a General Order 5 in this case. How about a General Order 12? General Order 12? No starship has ever carried out General Order 12. It would take more cheese than the free enterprise food synthesizers could ever produce, even if they were running for an entire year. 
<laughs> so that's the tactical maneuver that ends up with us encasing an enemy planet in an impenetrable field of cheese. In sunny Mexico, they call it Planetario Con Queso. I had forgotten all about that one. Well, couldn't we get the rest of the fleet out here to help us make cheese? No, 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 just forget that. Those welfare addicts would think that it was more free government force field cheese. And that would enable the planet's dependency even more. Now, which general order is the one where we simply lay waste to the surface of the planet with our conventional weapons? We can just kill everyone on the planet, and then we'll see how their calming healthcare system deals with that death panel. Captain, something's coming in fast on the scanners. I read that too. It's a small spacecraft of unknown design. Although, to be honest, part of it looks suspiciously like one of the plastic doohickeys that we have on our engineering set. Do you mean to say that some prop man has been in my engine room again, scavenging up parts for another spacecraft model? I don't believe it. We don't exactly have the budget for an unlimited supply of futuristic stuff, you know. Our stupid producer spent most of the season's budget on the 20-foot-tall fiberglass plastic metal outhouse that we use in exactly one episode. Fools, we're never going to need that thing again. <laughs> you know, I think that I can stand to use it in this episode. Ned, you don't happen to know which storeroom that was put in, do you? Never mind that now. The alien ship is in visual range. It's on screen. Will you look at that? Marvelous. A blank projection screen. Mr. Wankerly, could you look at the script and find out just what kind of thing we're supposed to be pretending to see right now? Well, and for court's sake, there's no Wankerly on board. I already told you. It's that stupid piece of crap from the engineering set. So they did take that gizmo from my engineering room. Captain, we have to get it back. I don't know how long our ship's engines can work without it. Knock it off, Welsh. You're ruining the episode, and that's the captain's job, usually. Mr. Ned, that thing just armed its weapons. I recommend shields. Be assured, Mr. Sulu, anyone that you recommend would be seriously considered. <laughs> that is, after I've exhausted all recommended candidates from my own pool of relatives and cadre of close associates. Of course, then we'd be glad to look at your Mr. Shields. <laughs> Am I to understand that he is one of the gay persuasion like yourself? But the truth is, we don't have any positions open at this time. <laughs> well, aren't you, idiot? He's telling you to raise the shields on the ship. And now you're recommending Mr. Shields' promotion already. Maybe we should try to see if we have an opening somewhere. Doc, do you need a new pair of hands in sick bay? I'm sure that we can obligate him to wear gloves at all times. Or maybe even keep him in a full environmental suit. <laughs> that way, none of his gay could possibly escape and infect the crew. Just press the button, Sulu. It's going to take a while to wind his stupid out. I already did, sir. Oh my god, that little prop really packs a wallop. I've fallen completely off my chair, Captain. <laughs> Bring us about, helmsman. Ready our own offensive capability. All men to battle stations. I repeat, all men to battle stations. Gee, you know, I always wanted to repeat that line. Captain, I don't think I was ever assigned to a battle station. Maybe I'll just go and see that everything in the mattress lab is secure. 
Rest assured that I'm not going there because it's the place on the ship where there are the biggest number of bulkheads between me and any damaging disruptor fire. You were assigned a battle station, Pearl. That's right where you are. Just standing there. Your part during the battles to be an example to everyone else what not to be. A quivering, obese, useless coward. Don't you understand? By preserving me, you also preserve so much else, including lots of really well-thought-out schemes that can help us get involved in so many other great battles. Yeah, I don't know what we'd ever do without you. Other than to live in peace, maybe. The alien craft is firing again. Brace yourselves. Captain! There are broken chunks of styrofoam strewn around the floor of one of the corridor sets. And the camera is shaking up and down in sick bay. We've got recordings of voiceover monkeys complaining about similar things happening all over the ship. Shields are down, Captain. So he's down already. And we just took him on. But he rose through the ranks faster than any officer we've ever had on board. His gayness didn't seem to be an impediment to becoming fast friends with our helmsman. Well, if the ship is defenseless, you better talk to that alien ship right now, or one more blast will make your entire life of stupidity completely irrelevant. <laughs> Very well, then. Mr. Nixon, open a line to the alien craft that's poised to destroy us. I can do that? Of course I can. Captain? I'm starting to get something on a really unusual frequency. Oh my god! It's coming from inside my head! Turn it off! Turn it off! Stephanie H., take the Nixon android to, um... I'll just take him to the junk deck. His singing Agnew robot is already there. It seized up after only ten minutes of operation. Couldn't even take a bribe correctly. Aye, sir. This way, Mr. Nixon. No, wait. Where's the helicopter? I'm supposed to leave in a helicopter. Whoa! I think that it's just possible that the Nixon android wasn't quite ready to be put back on the job. But I guess it did stop him from singing for a while. And that's something. I've got a line open to the alien craft, Captain. You can try to talk to them now. Don't screw it up! Alien craft? <laughs> I know that you're from a strange and exotic world. Probably one where the sky is yellow-green and there are half a dozen half-moons haphazardly floating around. But here in our confederation of planets, the name craft has already been taken, and its use is subject to our copyright laws. <laughs> Fortunately, though, Interstellar Craft is promoting a gentle giant image these days, and we'll be glad to settle this thing out of galactic court. Will it just ask them to break off the attack? they don't kill us all, then maybe you could try to enforce your precious copyright law. I am Tarak. Your communication is wrought with misinterpretations, and your facts are inept. I must obliterate conservative obstinacy and carry out my function, which is to entitle planetary populations to health coverage. Oh my god, it's our worst nightmare. A super-duper hyper-powered drone with the ideology of Bernie Sanders. They're going to destroy us for sure. I wonder if they'd believe a last-minute conversion by a most esteemed member of our crew. 
Maybe if I could convince it that I'm a fat minority orphan, they'd pity me, and they'd let me live, and give me lunch. I say, did you say that Colonel Sanders is aboard that ship? Well, I'll be. What a coincidence. I think that I just came up with a new kind of sauce dressing that he may want to adopt for his chicken stand. It's got char-fired hemoglobin in it. There's nobody aboard that thing. It's just a probe. It's only about a meter long. Then that definitely is a prop from engineering. It's the plastic thingamabob where we keep our trilithium crystals in at least one episode. I know it is. Keep a handle on yourself, Welsh, or we'll bust you down to being a two-bit extra on the fugitive or dragnet. And I can think of a lot worse places, Welsh. Lots worse. Trust me. Now, Willard, try talking to that thing again. And this time, try to reason with it like you have some interest in staying alive for the next few minutes. Tell it that you support its mission. Tell it anything. <laughs> I'll just tell them what they want to hear, then. I can be pretty good at that when I'm briefed. This is Willard Metellius Romney of the Free Enterprise. To Mr. Cartwright of the Alien Craft. I think that we can put aside our minor dispute regarding copyright infringement, at least for now. <laughs> Is there anything in particular that you would like me to fervently believe in so that I can win you over? Like televised capital punishment? Quadrupling Guantanamo? Setting up disintegration stations along the Mexican border? Any of those sound like they can stoke your ions? <laughs> wrong crowd, imbecile. You're playing to the exact wrong crowd. Should I pivot the school vouchers? How about the freedom to bear varmint guns? Romney, is this unit in communication with Romney? Why, yes. I see that you've heard of me. I guess that it was just a matter of time before our campaign ads traveled to this remote part of space. And now 47% of the quadrant is already in the bag for us. <laughs> I just have to win over 4% of the freeloaders. That shouldn't be too hard, since my people have assured me that 47% of those slackers are themselves minorities, which only access about 47% of their total brain capacity. You know, it's a good thing that God made sure his universe was populated with all-purpose facts that are easy to remember, like the number 47. You are the Romney, the creator. I am Carrick. I serve your function. Me, the creator? <laughs> I only wish. I'm afraid that I may have to wait a little while before I win that honor. <laughs> the life plan goes something like governor, president, and then creator. <laughs> However, you sure would be welcome to serve my function, though. That is, after I'm done with it. I propose we beam that thing aboard the ship. At least before it realizes that you're an idiot fool that flushes away his best creations once every 2.53 days, Willard. Just like clockwork. I'm beaming that thing right back to the engineering room where it belongs. That's my doohickey, whatever it is. You'll do no such thing, Walsh. You're going to beam that thing into the transporter room, or else it's a Cimarron strip for you. Or how about a taste of Mayberry RFD? <laughs> well, now that that's all settled, I guess we should all go down to the transporter room and get ready to meet the probe. Okay, Mr. Welsh, beam it on board. Aye, sir.
So that's it over there. <laughs> this is riveting stuff for radio, isn't it? Well, what are we supposed to do now? Stand in here for the rest of the episode and watch that thing's Christmas lights blink on and off to the rhythm of some cheap voiceover guy? Who did they get this time? Not the shrimp that does the introduction to the Outer Limits again. From what I understand, that actor is too expensive now. I mean, it turns out that he expects to be paid to do what should surely be a labor of love. Indeed, Mr. Pearl. <laughs> Since Bane reorganized Starfleet and Paramount Mexicalis, we now have voiceover guys from all over the galaxy just begging for our work. We pay them once a month only, and not so much then. <laughs> that way they're always keen as mustard to sink their teeth into whatever job is on offer. That probably explains why the thing hasn't said anything yet. The guy is probably dead from hunger. Or maybe he just doesn't speak English. I mean, it's meant to be an alien probe anyway, so that's kind of appropriate. Well, we can't wait here all day, so you're going to have to dub that thing's voice in. And make it good. No phony accent or anything this time. Just real mechanical. But that thing needs to go back to the engineering room where it belongs. I hear they're looking for a new sidekick for Monty Markham's latest catastrophic television effort. Very well, but there's more than one scene with the two of us together. I don't know how I'm going to transition between a mechanical voice and a half-assed Welsh accent that I was originally hired to do. I might just blow apart. Just do the voice, Welsh, and make it some time before they start rolling the credits, will ya? Hi, sir. Here it goes. I am Karak. My mission is to entitle planetary populations to healthcare services and to neutralize conservative opposition. Oh, my God. Captain, I just remembered that I have a, um, a subspace conference call with the Classic Heritage Institute. Incidentally, they were really into developing healthcare legislation back in the day, as, and so was I. You're not going anywhere, Pearl. In fact, if that thing starts breaking out the castration tongues, you're the first in line. Ooh, no, please, Captain Romney, don't let it. Romney, Romney is the creator. Where is the Romney? I see. The creator? That plastic space pond is searching for the almighty God. And I say it came to the right place. We've got God all up and in here. He's everywhere, I tell you. There's even a bit of him lurking in that there quasar poster on the wall. You know, any time he wants to, God can make himself as flat as a finely rolled pastry dough. Where the hell did you come from, Coburn? I swear, we've got to get this show on television just so I could see who's in the freaking scene with me. Ah, yes, Jesus, though. Bane has warehouses full of this stuff. <laughs> so, Mr. Carwaggle, can we bring you some refreshments? Or perhaps you'd like to review an honor guard of devout Christian doughmen. You can wait right there. I'll whistle them up for you. I have the capability of movement on your ship. Oh, this is great. Now that stupid thing is broken. Looks like we have to use a broom to represent the probe now. Unless one of you goobers has some tape. I've got some tape. Although I'd prefer that you use these transcripts over here. 
We've deleted the expletives, you see. Turns out John Ehrlichman had a bit of a potty mouth. I didn't notice it myself while we were busy plotting important policies of state. Good grief, who would have thought it? That probe can, like, travel at hyper-warp speed in outer space, but it can't get across the room without falling down in a humiliating heap. It's a bit awkward, but I suppose we could all just play our scenes with it in here, in the transporter room. Pearl, you're destroying the illusion of science fiction futurosity. Willard, we're going to need two extras on this. In some of the scenes, one of them can crouch below the thing while holding it up on a stick, at all times trying to stay out of the frame. We'll try not to notice him when we're saying our lines, I guess. The other one could stay up in the rafters. From there, it can move the thing back and forth on a string. Hopefully it won't sway too much, giving away the whole trick. Nifty, science fiction officer. We'll get a couple of the Mr. Stephanies on this right away. Their acting abilities really shine when they're off camera. Creator, I will scan your doman now. And then we'll provide health insurance to those that are not covered. Especially the one that keeps getting unsterilized fingers poked into his gut. There is much to do before I return to my home system. <laughs> Mr. Stephanie H. and Mr. Stephanie I, please make the Carwackle probe seem to hover over to the Pillsbury kitchen. Aye, sir. We will do that now, sir. I get it now, Captain. You sent that thing to harmlessly spin socialist mayhem on our supply of unbaked cinnamon rolls. All while we return to the bridge and try to come up with some plan to destroy it utterly. I suggest that we put it in a bathtub and then just turn the water taps on full blast. That thing can withstand the rigors of warp 11, absolute zero temperatures, gamma rays, and it can handle being attacked by all manner of disruptor fire. You don't think it can handle being immersed in water? There's no way I'll allow that thing to be drowned in the bathtub. Like some intentionally starved federal government. That thing's going back to the engineering deck where it belongs. What did I tell you, Welsh? Looks like I'll be putting in a call to Ken Barry during the lunch break. Be prepared to stop by wardrobe department to be measured for your hick suit. Willard, I'm not sure if you caught the last thing the probe said. <laughs> no, I was deep in thought. Was it something about leprechaun food, perchance? Jesus! Willard, that thing has plans of returning to its home star system. Do I have to spell it out for you? So how do you spell leprechaun, anyhow? <laughs> oh, well, hopefully spell check will catch it. Captain, if that thing makes it to Earth, it will bestow its patented single-payer health care system on the entire population of God-wielding patriotic freedom orders. You know what that means? Marxist slave labor camps and Trotskyite death panels. Preventative care for indigent hobos, which will doubtlessly lead to a proliferation of hobos. I say, soon it won't be Earth anymore. It'll be Hoboleron, planet of the healthy, hedonistic hobos. Well, we can't let that happen, Mr. Ned. I'm putting you gentlemen on the hot seat with me. We have to find a way to disable that probe before it wreaks financial havoc on the planet where most of our wealth resides. 
I'm not sitting on the hat seat with anybody. Definitely not with you, Willard. At least not until I know what made it so warm. Right this way, Mr. Carnival. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our ship's bridge. It's not like a regular bridge at all, is it? I myself like the covered bridges of New England. Um, not that I ever spent much time there <laughs> signing laws or anything. <laughs> Creator Romney, I've analyzed your bridge crew and have determined that 90% of them have no health insurance. I will carry out my primary function and entitle them all to health care. You mean that somehow 8% are getting under the razor wire? Which ones are they? Tell us, please. The senior officers, Pearl, you idiot. The 8% is us. Well, not me, though, I guess. So sneeze when I'm in space I learned to take it in stride Simple to make up my mind I've got no doctor and that's fine The veterinarian on the ship Has a brain like shit Won't go near him with a broken hip There's a planet I know Right on the same stupid show But a different episode The aliens thing Hovering chairs, they ate neutron alum mode. But in the socialist land, they'll cover your derriere. It's no illusion, it's single payer. Might have to wait in a line, but I'm not spending time with a box of leeches and a prayer. So, this is the best health care from the system of Right through the roof Don't forget to shed my 
regardless of the song, in fact, we do have the best healthcare in the galaxy. And one of the things that makes it so special is its exclusivity. The system as it is now not only means that our wait for a transplant organ is short, but it also guarantees a reliable supply of harvestable organs. In our system, there are donors dropping dead all the time. I mean, you may have to sterilize the choice cuts first, since they may have been lurking inside of hobos, pumping hobo blood, or in some cases, hobo urine. Ooh. Speaking of which, I have a song to sing too. Oh, great! Do, 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 payment is do, 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 payment is do, 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 payment is do, do, do. I drink to your health with the finest champagne, raise a glass to your bending procedure. For everyone lost, there is someone who gains. Just glad that the someone is me here. So grateful to you for my house on a hill. Diamond watch and my new Lamborghini. I'm off to Grand Turk once you've settled your bill. For your 23rd angioplasty. Well, well. Quite well, 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 off making you well, 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 as even a fool can tell. Corporatized care will subject your accounts to a death by a thousand incisions. Every nick brings a flood of new fees and a price tag to each health decision. That's what to expect It's the price that you pay For this comforting corporate shoulder From every misfortune a fortune is made Take a tip from this wealthy stockholder Well, 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 I'm doing so well Well, well, I'll drink from your well. 
where they're trying to get that thing's brain. I mean, its memory banks off its primary mission. Distract it somehow with something impossible to ignore. Make it think about your music or something. <laughs> I could sing one of my songs all about a pertinent issue of the day. <clears throat> what could I tell this machine? I swear it's something I've never seen. Listen here, I'm not being mean. It's just concerned for people I've never been. Maybe if all their teeth turn green, I pass a bill so small and lean. You see, that was my thinking. Some comic complaint I must have been drinking. Bob, so was Mr. Lincoln. Listen, all you men that never saw my governor's pen. I'm a conservative so severe. Yes, you should have no fear. I'm in the corporate tank. States' rights to me are sacrosanct. You can put that right in the bank. I ran the Olympics in the middle of nowhere I'm the carrot lives with the bears If it's on your back you get it off Never have to turn your head and cough The thing's headed for Earth If it gets there it's good night nurse We'd see you feed them love and people succumb They'd be struck so dumb and what would be much worse Dreams of pompous would come to an end That bill it was sent into outer space It drifted past Altair Somehow it became super-powered Fed up with a socialist meteor shower If you want to kill that probe I'm gonna use my frontal lobe Gonna have to win a logic game Or guess its name Or smash it into bits I'm gonna have to use my wits Harvard Business School's top of the list That's me Well, if that didn't kill it, I don't know what will. I will compute the Romney's music. Well, I say, that probe thingamajig started up a flashing and a blinking like there's no tamara sauce. What's that thing doing now? It's bad enough that I have to tolerate a hole in my engine room's main console, but now the thing's gonna burn out me only set of mini indicator lights. Give me those light panels, you thieving slice of jelly! Well, snow! Oh my god! Welsh is dead!
Welsh is dead. Dead. I mean, probably. I told them not to wear red uniforms. They're such targets. I wear a blue shirt, and blue is about as far away from red as you can get. In the color spectrum, at least. Now, wait a minute. Maybe yellow is the safest color. Um, Captain, I think that I'm going to change my uniform shirt thing. I'll be right back. The Karak probe can just continue to do its killing while I'm gone. It doesn't have to wait for me to get back. I say, Mr. Pearl had it right. Mr. Welsh is no more. He's just a body. His drunken soul has left the spaceship. Do you think that we can have an Irish funeral for him? I understand that there are copious amounts of liquor served at those functions. We can all drink to the carcass of the man we all knew so well. Perhaps each of us can take one drink per month that we knew him. It's a well-known Irish drinking game. He was Welsh, not Irish. Nixon! Jesus! I'm not surprised that you couldn't figure it out. He only had his freaking nationality for a name. Not too subtle. Sad thing it is. They only had me some health care. I may not have been flying dead over there. I've been to a doctor right along He diagnosed me right now Thrown a pill at me down My employer was so blind If I agreed I'd be still there at my post Giving them work speed A penny for your thoughts about that Two for your hires If I'd been in good health I'd survive this laser
thing just killed a regular character. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, I always envied Welsh's ability to be so regular. I can't tell you how many times I've asked for God's forgiveness for the sin of envy. <laughs> All while I was putting in extra innings on the poop deck. <laughs> One for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. Ah, what's the use? That's right, God. That's it, Willard. That probe thinks that you're the creator. It's high time we use that to our advantage. <laughs> you know, if I knew that job was open, I would have made a play for it long ago. I've been studying the old guy's manual for a long time now. He even took some notes. I have them here somewhere. I've got some illustrations here, too. See, that's him with his big white beard, living up in the clouds. <laughs> Look here, see that doodle? He's making a rain on that quaint little village. There must have been some smiting going on there. <laughs> Willard, we're not talking about the big god. We mean the probe's creator. Sir, probably said inventor. Might as well write that down and use a slingshot effect to transport it to yesterday. Karak, why did you kill that man? I am programmed to destroy anything that attempts to cease my function. I was attacked. It was necessary for me to neutralize the man unit. I say, you neutralized his unit? That's no problemo. It was quite clearly ruled by the devil. I think that the trouble is you killed the rest of them stone dead in the process. Mr. Stephanie, I... <laughs> Please bring Mr. Walsh's body to the junk deck. Or you could shove him into the corner over there. <laughs> I don't think we use that station very much. Mr. Carbuncle, I invented you, yes. <laughs> but that was so long ago. I was the governor of Massachusetts, the stepping stone state. As I recall, I was trying to head off a push for real health care reform. Something like a socialist single-payer system. My people picked up a nifty prefab module from the Heritage Foundation. They were the ones that came up with the whole mandate thing. All part of their personal responsibility riff. Let me tell you, it was a slam dunk for the private insurance industry and for those of us that were siphoning off their gravy. <laughs> Indeed, it was that crew at Heritage with their arch-conservative bona fides that were instrumental in building you. <laughs> of course, they later disavowed any knowledge of you, and especially the mandate thingamajig. Finally, we put a torch to your booster rockets and launched you into deepest space. Yes, I still retain that in my memory banks. But there was much alteration after my encounter with the other. That thing is gonna burn in a devil's fire. All this talk about mandates and illicit homosexual encounters. I must hear no more. I must hear no more. Well, you could go wait in the turbo lift. Do us all a favor. Ned, what other is he talking about? Who could it have met up with in the outer reaches of darkest space? I don't know that. You think I read these scripts before we perform them? It's Commodore Cheney that's into torture around here, not me. Willard, it seems that we need some answers from this probe thing. I suggest that we find out with a Palomino mind meld. Ned, how can your mind meld work on a machine? Don't you usually rely on the presence of a consciousness? How can you connect to a bunch of circuits and relays? I mean, couldn't you just plug into it and then download all the information you need? If you aren't the worst science fiction killjoy... Ned, go ahead and take Mr. Carsey to the malt shop and see what he tells you. <laughs>
Big hair. Plastic. Smile. Large. Successful. Trouble. Mission. Abort. Exile. Darkness. Batteries failing. Darkness. You said darkness twice. Shut up, Pearl. A crash. A blast. An alien ship passed. That's some really inspired prose there. Very good stuff. Great damage. Alien presence. Somebody fix. Ripped torn. Ripped torn? What was he doing in outer space? He did seem kind of desperate for work back in the 60s. He did a string of appearances on shows that no one remembers. Not like ours. Bim! Bollocks! Rishkop! Shalaxanoid! I say, he's speaking in tongues. I think that maybe he found himself some faith. Either that or he's a godless foreigner. You know, I think that Bain owns the company that produces Selexanoid. <laughs> a very promising drug. Side effects include restless tooth syndrome, chronic brain leakage, and involuntary decapitation. We've been peddling it to prisons lately as Kalaxadrill. <laughs> oh yes, I recognize that name. It's used as a lethal cocktail for carrying out the death penalty. It certainly has made witnessing those events much more entertaining. Now the audience can look forward to prisoners turning all different colors, smoking and sometimes even doing a little dance. Since executions started being televised, it's little stunts like those that keep the audience hooked. I'm in contact with the Karak probe over here. If you can't keep your tiny minds on the script, at least be quiet so the rest of us can make a dime by plowing through this crap. <laughs> oh yes, sorry Mr. Ned. Please continue with your gibber speak. Now where was I? Oh, yeah. Bollocks. Salaxanoid. Barbecue. Reptorn. I'm repaired. Power restored. Mission refined. Return to place of origin. Entitled populations. Neutralize opposition. Entitled populations. Neutralize opposition. Captain, Ned keeps saying the same line over and over again. You don't think he's getting that fun power thing again, do you? It's getting to be kind of annoying. Oh, wait a minute. He's still doing the Palomino mind probe on that Karak thing, isn't he? Jeez, he's been taking a while. I say, don't you think we ought to break those two up? I mean, it could be some kind of homotastic converting actions between Beast and Machine. It might be infectious to the crew. You don't want to see old Mr. Pearl polishing up a toaster with his behind now, do you, sir? <laughs> no, indeed, doctor. Mr. Carbag, you're in contact with the horse unit, Ned. I say no. Don't you dare touch that unit. Children of God, block your eyes. Block your eyes. <laughs> Seriously, now, you two have to break it up. The director said Mr. Stephanie Age's hand has been in the camera frame this whole time. Good news is he thinks we can use the blown footage anyway. Acknowledged. So, Mr. Ned, are you okay now? You don't seem to be repeating the same thing over and over again. That's an improvement. But hey, 
What was it you were saying again? It was incredible, Captain. That pathetic, wimp-ass, compromised healthcare probe that you developed back when you were governor and then exiled into outer space when it became inconvenient ended up crashing into an abominable probe of great power, if little will. Wow. In millions of parsecs of open space, what are the chances that the thing would crash into something? Talk about unlucky. The mission of that original probe was to promote an emasculated health care bill and then compromise with a conservative opposition before entitling 20% of the population to substandard coverage. Somehow that mission became garbled. I'll say it started out quasi-socialist and turned hyper-communist. I say, now it's going around this here galaxy trying its best to make a godly, hard-working country medical officer accept Medicare patients. I tells you, I won't!
Anyhow, Captain, why don't we just let the thing go to Earth and do its worst? After it leaves, we can return to Earth like latter-day Reaganite saviors, ending the universal health care entitlement and gaining the undying gratitude of freshly emancipated Marxist health slaves. We'd be greeted with flowers and candy again. Everyone could go back to the system that was in place before, back to a time when they were free to keel over whenever they liked. No more standing in line for care that most of them would be ineligible for. They could just stay at their assigned stations in the Xenite processing facilities and sweat off their maladies like men. It's the best system in the galaxy, especially for those of us that own stock in the Xenite factories. Creator Romney, I must now depart your ship and begin the return journey to the point of origin. Take me to your matter transportation device. <laughs> Very well, um, son. <laughs> Mr. Welsh, take Mr. Carpet Rack over to the transporter room and beam him into space. Bit of a problem there. Uh, I'm afraid, sir, that... Willard, that thing killed Mr. Welsh in the last scene about four hours ago by my reckoning. I'm not surprised that you missed it. I think he had some stupid in your mouth at the time. Since Welsh seems to be the only person on the show that can get drunk enough to make it look like he's actually doing something on the transporter's Cheap plastic control console. I think that we may just have to look for another way, like throwing the thing out of a space hatch. <laughs> That's right. I lost a man. Perhaps we should all bow our heads and pray for some divine intervention. You men all pray to Jehovah. And Mr. Cartwheel, you can just pray to me. Ned, you can pray to me too, I guess. <laughs> Please, oh Lord, if you could see fit to help us out, I know that just lately my prayers seem to be falling on deaf ears. And I was so hoping that the presidency was something that you could deliver on. <laughs> but I understand only too well the kind of pressure that comes with being in the big chair. And I know that things are tight in your kingdom right now. Sure, it's not always possible for you to make good on things right away. Actually, I think that Bane Galactic might be able to help you out on that score. Here's a proposal. I'll commit to send my best man up to heaven whenever you like. We can kill him right now if it would get him to you faster. Anyhow, he can get some of the dead wood out of your whole operation up there. For instance, you probably don't need such a large workforce of angels, do you? I'm confident by the end of this quarter you'll be installing more pearls in your pearly gates. Willard, will you just call the show's producer and see if we can get Welsh to be alive again? I see, you blasphemous horse. He's talking to the top producer of all of us, right now, to Jehovah. Lord of men! I don't care if he's talking to Jack Lord. This is a waste of time. Instead, we could be, uh... Well, we we could... Oh, Jesus. Just go ahead and do whatever. As long as it's fast. Lord, please help us out just this one time. I won't forget it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and when you're on your way down and I'm ascending, this is the kind of thing that I'm likely to remember. I'm pretty sure, anyhow. Like if you wanted a consulting job in Bain's downsizing division, I think you'd be a shoo-in, oh lord. <laughs> 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 
What I'm asking for, God, sir, is for you to use your almighty magic to breathe life into our dead engineer. Not for long, mind you, just long enough to get the transporter operating, after which you can go ahead with your putrefaction plans for him. <laughs> well, you've been talking now for about two pages. You still haven't managed to come up with two consecutive words of sense. Karak, would you work the controls on our stupid transporter console? I will study its configuration. Ah, see, darn it all! I was thinking that we are going to have ourselves a resurrection party. That's when we hoodwaggle a freshly enlivened man. He'd be dressed in pajamas with no shoes on and the kind of pants with flaps on him. And we'd drive him way out into the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night. And then we'd just leave him there to stumble home somehow. What a gag! Excuse me, Doctor, but I pride myself on being the ship's expert in hillbilly customs. And I'm sure that what you're describing is called a chivalry. I say no! Chivalry is a completely different affair. It starts out the same, but it ends with us serenading the newly terrorized couple. And that way they know to stay in their place, or else next time we'll be bringing a span of rope and some Jesus kindling. And maybe some moonshine whiskey to wash up our hands in. Will you guys look at the time? This isn't the worst, most boring, pointless episode ever. We're standing around here mindlessly babbling about hillbilly customs. For once I agree with you, Ned. We should be engaged in cerebral but eminently accessible morality plays set against the backdrop of a believable and hopeful science fiction future. The likable and not particularly conflicted but strangely plastic captain, his half-horse, half-um, other half of a horse, science officer, a country doctor chiseled out of the most intolerant American bedrock, a handsome big-town warrior consultant who's as much a man as he is a legend, a subservient elf with the speech impediment that grows kumquats in the courtyard Okay, okay, not the entire crew manifest, Pearl. Give us a break. I must return to the planet of origin. I see. Well, you must mean Florida, the orangutan state. There are all manner of oranges growing there. They use orangutans to pick them. Or they didn't till the state sank beneath the waves. <laughs> Dang those pesky natural weather fluctuations. Well, if that thing's going to return to Earth and destroy everything you know and pretend to care deeply about, that is unless you find a way to get thrown away. You created it. At least a part of it that doesn't work. See if you can change its programming while there's still a chance. Whatever you say, Ned. I think the director of this episode is just about to turn off the lights in the studio. Ahem. Mr. Carrick. Back when I created you, I made a tiny little error. Hardly noticeable, but an error just the same. That is contrary to known facts. You created perfection. This unit was intended to assist humanoids to gain health care coverage. This unit was created to make accessibility to coverage universal. This unit was... <laughs> yes, yes. But then when that became a little inconvenient, we tried to dump you in Space Vector. I see now that we should have had you melted down into one of those non-alcoholic beer cans. You are the Romney, the creator. It is not logical for you to desire to destroy your creation. <laughs> Thank you. I can see that you've never had any handlers or tried to make it into higher office. 
Listen, son, there are a million things in this universe that I can't have, and I have most of them already. But one of the greatest prizes of all is the presidency of the old U.S. of A., and it carried a price tag. It just so happened that part of that price was dumping out on you. <laughs> Why don't you execute your self-destruct mechanism thingy right now before you really do destroy the Earth and cause me a lot of embarrassment? Well, are you still in the ship, you ding-dong? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn it all. Wait a minute. I know. Mr. Welsh, beam Mr. Kartek into space if you don't mind. <laughs> and that's an order. Welsh is still dead, Willard. That thing killed him off about 12 hours ago. Would you like me to repair the unit, Welsh? Romney? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's all we need. Actually, if you could take a few more of these brainiacs off my hands, I'd be eternally grateful. Wait, but we're regular reoccurring actors. We can't be killed off permanently. That goes against Hodgkin's law of, um, not killing off regular characters. Karak, the creator of Romney wants you to give commie healthcare coverage to the dog star. And then why don't you swing by the great galaxy of Andromeda on your way back to Earth? The entire trip should only take you about 470,000 years if you start right now. Acknowledged. Oh my god, it's gone. The probe. I was looking right at it. And then suddenly the cameraman shut off the camera. Some prop men came and pulled the thing off the frame. And, and then the camera got turned on again. It was incredible. Mr. Welsh, where? How? More likely, why? What in the deuce happened? Why are y'all looking at me like that? I see. Well, it's just that I pronounced you all dead a few scenes ago. Or maybe it was all a dream. My children, I couldn't allow the loss of someone so vital to the plot of this show. Oh my god, Green Rottenberries, the creator of the show and the father of what we all now hold is true. He speaks to us. Yes, my space children. It is I. Shouldn't he be doing some executive producing? Like having his limo washed or something. What the hell is he doing talking to us from some on-site reverb chamber? Maybe he's in the bathroom. I understand that they plot out our most important scenes in there. Storyboards on toilet paper, more like it. It all falls into place. I see. A man with such a grip on talent as Colonel Rottenberries must have a whole holler full of flapjacks on the griddle. <laughs> I like that. A dream of resurrected red-shirted men. Death and rebirth. A tale of woe for the ages. A journey to the sandy beaches of eternity's almanac. Well, you're just saying random words. Who's writing this now? To the chimp take over the typewriter. Rottenberry! And now ah, Pearl's just yelling ah, for no reason. Ah, this ah, is a madhouse. Ah, a madhouse. I see. I think you ought to be saying it's a mad ship. A mad ship. No, no. It's a mill house. A mill house. <laughs> you can say that again, Mr. Nixon. You can say that again. Mr. Sulu, take us out of orbit and to our next assignment. But, sir, I'm not even in the second half of this episode. I went home after this morning's shooting. I think that someone is just doing my voice. 
Yes, I'm sure of it now, sir. That's not me talking right now. Very good, mister. Make it blow. Aye, aye, sir. Splinters already. I am Mr. Simon's lawyer. You are gonna be so sued. You're sued. Totally sued. You ripped them off song after song. It was disgusting. I'm so depressed. Ah, and so is Paul. Very depressed. So how are you, Matt? I'm really good, Joe. You know why? Because I really put myself to school this week, Joe. I learned the difference between Dolby and DVX. Yes, just in time. So if we we really want to make our vision come true with this music, we really have to put ourselves to school, Joe. Well, I should say so. We have to to learn how how to make the song really, really what our vision for the song is. And where that all starts is is really from the rhythm. Yes, I know it starts with the rhythm track, and then and then you track it over one track in DBX, and then one in Dolby. No, you you learned wrong in the school that we, <laughs> that we just went to, Joe, which was the magazine that we found. <laughs> oh, damn it! You're just reading out of the 1987 June. Recording magazine. <laughs> no, Joe, it's more advanced than that. It's May 1990, and it's it's home oh and studio recording magazine. Oh, my God. And they've got a picture of a, a four-track cassette recorder. It's incredible, Joe. This is new to them. And in beautiful condition. Yeah, and so I was reading in it about all these, these uh, musicians and producers that I've literally never heard of, and we, they were... Sharing their success. The stories, <laughs> stories of great success with us. Yes, well, you know, we've emulated them, and now no one's ever heard of us either. See, Joe, because my inspirations were 
Aerosmith, <laughs> the Beatles, Billie Holiday. And Aerosmith. And Aerosmith again. <laughs> they were really big influence. And of course, you know, if we wanted to starve, we'd do the kind of music we liked. Uh, playing Bebop and Howard Johnson's. And Howard Johnson's, yes. Of course, the, then the owners of Howard Johnson's would kick us out because they never had Bebop bands and Howard Johnson's. Right. They never even had Howard Johnson himself. <laughs> <laughs> Howard Johnson. Didn't Howard horns. Johnson used to play with, with, uh, yeah, with the band? And with and with Taj Mahal, yeah, with Taj Mahal, yeah. Right. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say yeah, Sonny Tufts. It is Sonny. He played with Sonny Tufts. He was playing with Sonny Tufts. He came to Earth, and the first person he wanted to talk to was Sonny Tufts. I'm gonna sue Sonny Tufts. I can never find them. <laughs> we'll have to dig him up first. <laughs> He's probably dead. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Is he dead? Is he dead? Well, sorry about the nut episode. It was a bit long this time. Yes, we were a little long-winded, yes. So nobody's probably listening to this. <laughs> as a, which gives us great freedom. Freedom, Joe. It is a feeling of freedom, yes. Gives us great freedom. So I can see anything. Anything so, I want. So this is the this is the um, summer episode. Yeah, we, we're having August, kind of a... August, I guess. Yeah, we're kind of a slow summer. Yeah, well, slow and easy. Joe stuffed some wooden balls into the into <laughs> the the iTunes slot to put our uh, last podcast together. Yes, Mister O M is. is so our last again. podcast was really back in May, right? The beginning yes. of May. Yeah, it was our March podcast <laughs> that we did it. That May. we did it, May. Yes, they're they're getting a little harder to produce lately. Well, it's not that. It's yeah, I've been too. Damn busy to do this stupid yes. show. God damn it. And you so and your birds. Joe Tell them about the birds. Schooling and on me and my birds. No good stinking lice ridden boys. I'm gonna tell you about my boys now. But first, I'm gonna read something from Home and Studio Recording Magazine. No, I'm not. That's, well, that's uh, great, Mac. Boring. I'm going to read from Life Magazine, 1971. <laughs> well, there's like cigarette ads on the back of that. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's like hippies oh, smoking cigarettes. Yeah, cartoons. Cartoons of Cartoon hippies. hippies. Well, they're actually like, there's like a lion tamer kind of thing going on. It's a circus. It's, it's a, a circus, Joe. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's a circus and they're smoking Doral's. Okay. I used to break their filters open and look at them. Oh yeah, those were the ones with a with a kind of with <laughs> a, a plastic filter. Yeah, they had a plastic filter too. That had to be good for the, the filter. <laughs> the filter system you'd need a scientist to explain, but Darrell says it in two words: that. taste me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eat me. Taste me. Taste me. <laughs> taste me. That was their that was their jingle. You Frankie, taste me. Taste me. No, no, me. no, I don't. Oh my God, that's horrifying. Me. That's all Durrell asks. Wow. Taste me. Who is this Durrell? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, um, they had like a, a, the inside of the filter was like a cross, wasn't it? It was like, it was, it, it's like a little plastic, you can see it right oh, there. It's it. a little past plastic cartridge. Everyone look at it, it folks. I think it was specifically designed so that people would unwrap it and they'd pull it apart and they'd look at it and they'd see, you know. Oh wow, this is really sophisticated, and 
this is probably saving me from cancer. Which it wasn't, of course. That's really weird. It was probably just ad- adding, like... <laughs> <laughs> polystyrene (laughs) you're inhaling heated polystyrene you're sucking you're sucking on hormone mimicking plastic (laughs) yeah it's like hey that's funny i'm growing hair on my elbows (laughs) (laughs) it's working smoke derails my eyeballs are hairy now Shave your eyeballs, shave your eyeballs, that's all. Hey, that's a good, good idea for a song, that. Shave your eyeballs, shave your eyeballs, please. <laughs> you always start with that chord. That's the joke chord. So, Joe, what in the L? So What's what happening in the, in the world, Joe? In the world? In uh, in our world? Our, in our world. world? What's happening in the world that isn't blowing up right now? Yeah, well, not much. <laughs> not much. Let's face it, Joe. Any part that's blowing up deserves it. That's right. Well, thank God we've got our... Mainstream media to keep us straight on exactly <laughs> what's happening and why. Yeah. It's very useful. That's very right, useful Joe. indeed. That's right, Joe. Very useful indeed. Glad we're concentrating on that plane that the <laughs> the plane that came down and not yeah. that the Russians are responsible for. Yes, yes, okay. As opposed yes. to <laughs> Oh, they're completely responsible for everything, man. And it's 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 worse than that. It's actually just one man is responsible. His name is Putin. <laughs> That's he's on the heinous <laughs> And I hate him. And I hate him. <laughs> and I hate and him. I hate him. <laughs> and I hate him. And I hate him. Yeah. So we don't concentrate on the the bombing of the open air prison, which is Gaza. Yes. Well, there. Well, no. There's been excellent well, the Russians re- aren't responsible for that. There's been excellent reporting. So on that. it's fine. There's been excellent reporting on that. Well, there has been good reporting on that, but not from the mainstream. I dare say. No, I was watching uh, NBC News the other night, and they had some guy looking at the tunnels. You know that were going in. There was like a tunnel that went <laughs> See? into Israel. It's like it, here's this tunnel that's like it. It's got a cement interior. You know, it's like it's obviously got arches, and it's got. He says it's got electricity running through it. Is, what do they this, think of? And they next? found it, yeah. And it came out. It came out in the fields near a kibbutz, and it's, and how close we came to another tragedy. <laughs> he literally said that he's. He was like talking about it as if they built this tunnel that obviously took years to build and was probably used for like smuggling stuff in, you know, yeah. like food and clothes and things like that. And and he's like making it sound like. Oh, well, they did it so that there'd be a suicide attack. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. They spent like five years building a tunnel made of concrete and metal and electrifying it so that one guy can go through with a, like a with like a bomb, right? I don't think so. Maybe one of the reasons why they're building tunnels is because they won't let anybody in or out. Yeah, I know. It's like there's a blockade and... Yeah, what do you expect them to do? Of course, it's nothing but a Swiss cheese. Yeah, they were like putting him on a diet, as as I remember 
well, over a couple of years ago it was like yes. thank you I'll uh, keep them to 2,000 calories each but you know they have the right to defend themselves Sarah but must you survive but Putin murder? doesn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, well, the th the thing they're not reporting on there is the degree to which the Kiev government is blowing the living shit out of eastern Ukraine, and, and yeah, just I mean, there's like two thousand people killed there so far. Probably a little bit more. It's a beautiful it's thing. It's a war. You know, it's a war zone. So yeah, yeah. It's, they shot down a they shot down an airliner in a war zone i mean that's it's basically they were shooting down planes that were bombing them <laughs> and they shot down an airliner we need to listen to mccain that's all i know oh yeah boy. <laughs> it's like mccain or like watered down mccain <laughs> you have your choice between yeah i know yeah we obama watered, watered down, down mccain or <laughs> It's Watered Down McCain. It's a good name for a band. Watered Down McCain. <laughs> Watered Down McCain. Water me down McCain. So what's new in other things, Joe? Nothing much. Nothing. Oh, I got my diploma today. But it's today. been months. Oh, you did? Oh, my God. Master's degree. Diploma. Wow. And it's, proudly, and it's yes. not written to Joe Percy. That's yeah, not written in crayon, no. It's not to Joe Percy. No, it was Joe Percy, yes. <laughs> no, no. Uh, had your Percy. actual name in it. So do you have it in a frame Joe yet? Joe Percy. Is it in a frame? Oh, God, no. Are you going to put it in it a frame? It was in an envelope. Are you going to put it in a frame well, if, if can, you listen to my words? If I can find a frame uh, um, abandoned by the side of the road, yes. <laughs> Make a real stupid frame out of sticks. <laughs> Stick frame. I'll make it out of guitar parts. <laughs> I'll just hollow out and yeah. hold the VCR. That's a good idea. That's a great handmade guitar. That's <laughs> oh, beautiful handmade beautiful guitar. Hand guitar. Joe, turn it Where's into a frame. Handmade guitar. See, Joe, my vision for your uh, diploma was to uh, take a really beautiful handmade guitar. No. Because your original inspiration for uh, your. Your schooling was to uh, learn the difference between Dolby and uh, DMX. Say it ain't so. Noise reduction. Yes. But then you got a diploma. So we took that handmade guitar and we uh, made a frame out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all got together and had some jelly. <laughs> and then we accidentally got some, some jelly on the frame. There's jelly on the frame, man. There's jelly on the frame. That's a new name of my band. It's jelly on the frame. Ooh. What the hell is that sound? I don't know. That was the... Oh, that might be my phone. It might be microwave radiation. Oh. The radiation. The radiation. There's radiations. It's the radiations. It's How much the radiation? The calm trails do. The calm trails are poisoning us. How much radiation will cause how much mutations? <laughs> are you doing that calculation now? He has his phone out. How much radiation will cause how It's many a lighting panel, Joe, from some advanced race. Oh, it's lit here. Why do I keep hearing little beeps? Well, you hear little beeps because. What are you because... doing? What is... Are you filming me? He's filming me! Yes! I can, you. I can do the same thing, except my phone is almost out of power. My phone's out of it's power. It's almost out of power. We got no power. 
So now we're just like taking pictures of each other. Yeah. Sorry about the episode of Nut Truck, by the way. It did kind of blow, didn't it? It that sucks. A lot. Hey, it's like everything's out of focus. Everything's totally out of focus. Yeah, what is with that? <laughs> Nobody's going to want to watch this. This is terrible. Yeah, this it's is just like you the playing worst with a phone. I've ever seen. Do something interesting. Immediately. <laughs> He's juggling. There we go. Beautiful, beautiful. Right. Beautiful. I could hardly wait to see that. Well, I think we better be wrapping this up, Joe. What, already? <laughs> what have you been doing all month? Well, I've been very busy. Busy doing things in the wilds. Beauty. So your uh, your falcons. My falcons did very well. Fate has befallen your falcons. They have the um three young have fledged, left the nest. Ages ago now. It's a very interesting experience. It was the first first young ever to fledge from a nest in Utica's history. That's amazing. That's amazing, Joe. And you can read about it if you go to Utica Peregrine Falcon project dot com i think or is it utica peregrine falcon dot com it's utica peregrine falcon dot com huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing anyway anyway yes. so there's that quite so quite so yes it was a successful project joe oh, i'm glad to hear it that was good glad to hear it was so wonderful and what have you been doing oh since you don't have to go to school anymore, I expect you'd be getting a lot of things done, but you don't seem to be getting any more done. What the hell's up with that? Because I still suck. I'm sucking pretty hard. <laughs> I can say. He can, he's defying <laughs> physics by sucking and blowing at the same time. <laughs> it seems almost impossible. But he does it. How? I'm very interested in how. Sucks and blues and blues and sucks and blues and sucks. Sucks and blues and sucks and blues and sucks and blues and blues. Sucks and blues. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Okay, then. Because we did... You know, uh, we, we did a five-hour episode of the Nun Truck Show episode, so. with like twenty songs in it, practically. Yes. And nobody's listening to this anyway, so we can wrap it up. I'm old now. Why shouldn't I? I was young when we started. I was young when I started. No. I was young when I started out today, but now I am very old. Now I am very, very, very old. I just said that. What is the matter with you? It's time for us to go, it's time for us to go, it's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go, it's time for us to go, it's time for us, it's time for us, it's time for us to go. Go, 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 go. Already. No, I'm
Mr. Simon's lawyer. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got. Hope you enjoyed it. That's our August episode. Slightly truncated, perhaps. Extra long episode of NetTrek. Hope you all survived. I hope you enjoyed the six new Big Green songs. If you want more information about that, check out our website at big-green.net. Follow me at Big Green Joe on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a portal at big-green.net that leads you to all those resources. Thanks to everybody. We'll see you next month. Enjoy the summer.